Good morning, Gut Buckets. This is Big Orange Couch, the 90s Nickelodeon podcast, where we talk about all things 90s Nickelodeon. My name's Joey. And I'm Andrew. And this is episode 18. 18. Wow. Very special. Uh, So today we're going to be talking about um, what we did on our summer vacation. Pete and Pete. I think widely regarded as a uh, a fan favorite. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and deservedly so, I'd say, after revisiting it. (laughs) Uh, So we have all your typical episode review fun stuff in store for you, including a call that with everyone's favorite, Chris. (laughs) Uh, but before we do that, of course, we always want to share your thoughts. Uh, you guys are so nice about getting in contact with us. Um, Stinner, who we've heard from before, uh, sent us uh, a little message about who his perfect family would be. Mm. So uh, let's check it out. Uh, he said for his mom, he'd go with Linda Ellerby, which oh, is this, boy. <laughs> this is the second person who wrote us about Linda Ellerby. He said, I was oh so close to going to school for journalism. Uh, and I regret not going to this day. Maybe if Linda Ellerby was my mom, she would have set me straight. Wow. <laughs> I mean, she was, uh, she was cool. Yeah, she was, she was fine. Like, yeah. as a host. I um, remember, yeah, as a kid, I felt like she was no nonsense. <laughs> I knew when I was watching it, I was like, wow, this must be what the news is like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think Nick News itself uh, was kind of a downer for me, but <laughs> she she was good. Yeah, not my favorite programming, but yeah, okay. Dad, he's with us, Stu Pickles. Uh, he says, mm, as an adult, yeah. I can still respect that Stu was a, uh, was a tinkerer, but honestly, that's me really grasping for something in the category I think uh, offers the least interesting options. I don't know, I think there's a lot mm. of good dads out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, least interesting. Like he's saying Stu is the least one of the I least. Think, I think the dad option, there's the least interesting options to pick from. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I would agree. I, I almost feel like mom is more like that for me. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay. Uh, brother, he picked Arnold. Uh, he said Arnold was an only child, but I'm confident his being a kind and caring person would carry over <laughs> to being a sibling. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Sister... He's with the rest of the world, Clarissa Darling. <laughs> <laughs> and for pet, he said uh, we would have to ha- we would have to be a crazy pet family because I'm adopting Porkchop, Spike, and Spunky. Oh man, <laughs> all the dogs. Ah, yeah. Um, and then he said we did our little thing where it's like where would we what room or house, and he said Arnold's room. Um, mm. Yeah, so. I mean Arnold's room is really the room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so thank you, Stinner. And then uh, we also heard from Celeste this weekend, and Celeste has shared her thoughts pretty much over everything we've done. So for the coming weeks, I'll share Celeste's thoughts on all sorts of things. But uh, let's start from the beginning. Celeste emailed us about her favorite opening credits. All right. <laughs> Can you even remember that far back? Barely. <laughs> Do you remember what your favorite opening credit was? My number one... Uh... 
maybe Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah, I think we both uh. picked Are You Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> Alright, so let's see what she said. She said her top five. Number five, Cousin Skeeter. Hmm. Uh, she picked this one simply because she, uh, she liked how it looked, especially yeah. the very, very beginning. Um, where, you know, the double doors open up and Skeeter appears. <laughs> I remember it being, I think the credits were very much like a 90s music video. Yeah, like he was a rapper or something yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, kind of a Puff Daddy thing going on. <laughs> uh, number four, she picked The Secret World of Alex Mack. Uh, she said, while the theme song basically uh, shows pictures of clips from the pilot episode, you've got to remember, this theme is Alex narrating how she became who she is in the show. So in that sense, I think against her narration showing how it all happened as a montage of that episode is a perfect fit. Mm. So. Yeah, okay. I went the other way on that. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't like them talking over that. <laughs> I could see Alex Mack being a little confusing mm-hmm. if you came in uh, uh, past the first episode and didn't have the explanation for what was going on. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. It's almost a necessity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, number three, she went Clarissa Explains It All. She says it's simple, but it's mm-hmm. easy to follow. In a way, it's what I'd picture Doug's opening credits to be if Doug were a live-action show. Oh, yeah, those are very similar yeah, that's, openings. That's kind of a, uh, an insightful thought, yeah. Celeste. Uh, number two, Doug. Again, it's simple, but easy to follow, and it fits right in with the simplistic theme song. You got a good picture of the characters, and she likes it. Yeah. And finally, number one... Rugrats. Ooh. Uh, not only is this my favorite show of all time, but the opening credits sets up the show just perfectly. The show is life from a baby's point of view, and the opening credits just does a beautiful job. Uh, my favorite scene is when Stu and Dee Dee open the door, and we pan down to the babies before they gather together, and Tommy squirts the bottle of milk at the screen. Yeah, we talked about that one. That is a really amazing one. Um, and there is a lot of panning, which you don't really see in cartoons, I guess. Yeah. And so it really looks different and unique. Yeah, we. I think we mentioned that the artist, the artists who did the Rugrats initially were really like, I don't know how to describe it, but like really ambitious. Yeah, yeah. And went on to do other big great stuff. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank you, Celeste. We'll share more of your thoughts on future episodes. Uh, but... As Andrew said, we're talking about um, what we did on our summer vacation, and that means it's time to figure out what was going on in the world <laughs> at that time. And this is a tricky one because there's a bunch of dates that pop up, and that's because this hmm. was a special. Yeah. Um, so the original airing is marked as September 8th, 1991, um, wow. but many sites also list it in May of 1992, and I think that's when they aired it as part of season one. Yeah, that would make um, sense. But I went with... The original air yeah, date. Yeah. So I went with September of 1991, uh, even though it depends what you're looking at. Some people say it's a special. Some say it's part of season one, episode 10. Either way, let's talk about September <laughs> of 1991. So in September of 1991, the U.S. officially recognizes the independence of Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Hmm. Any any <laughs> further information on that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, September 5th, the 8th MTV Music Video Awards uh, took place, and the big winners, I bring this up for a reason, the big winners at the 8th MTV Music Awards was R.E.M. Oh, wow. um, Who... Yeah, very very topical. Yes, they will come up again in this episode. Uh, I think they won for Losing My Religion. Hmm. That's the video they won for. Um, September 5th, Nelson Mandela is chosen as president of the African National Congress in South Africa. Hmm. 
Uh, September 6th, the name St. Petersburg is restored to Russia's second largest city, which had been renamed Leningrad in 1924. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, September 9th, Mike Tyson is indicted for rape of Desiree Washington. He has since been, I guess, like, redeemed by the public. For yeah, that's strange. Kind of weird. <laughs> hey, you're, you're in one hangover movie and everybody, yeah. <laughs> everybody goes nuts. Uh, September 10th, Senate committee begins hearings on Clarence Thomas' nomination for the Supreme Court. He still sits on the court. He's known as the Quiet Justice. The Quiet Justice. Yeah, he, he says very little on the Supreme mm, Court. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Uh, September 10th, the rock band Nirvana releases their single Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm. This is just two days after uh, what we did on our summer vacation. Oh. So, uh, two iconic moments in the 90s, yeah. uh, just two days apart. Uh, September 14th, the U.S. performs a nuclear test at a Nevada test site. I think it would be like one of the last ones they ever did. Um, September 17th, the UN admits Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, uh, North and South Korea, and the Marshall Islands to the United Nations. Oh. Hmm. So, big uh, big day for those countries. Yeah. September 21st, the U.S. Basketball, uh, U.S. Basketball announces the dream team for the 1992 Olympics, and this is like the all-time basketball team in the Olympics. You got... I mean, all the greats. Uh, so the dream team is announced. Nineteen, uh, I'm sorry, September 24th, the rock band Nirvana releases their second studio album, Nevermind. Hmm. Uh, so I would say that's kind of cool. I, one of the more iconic albums of the 90s hmm. comes out that same month. Um, September 28th, I'm going to bring up this, bringing this up for a reason. Shiny Happy People by R.E.M. Uh, reaches the charts. Uh, so R.E.M. all over the place on this episode. And, and on September 30th, Ohio's own Jerry Springer's uh, show premieres The Jerry Springer Show. Wow. <laughs> so a pretty busy That's month. Yeah, yeah, pretty busy yeah. month. Um, moving on to movies. I'm not going to be any help here. Let's see if you've seen any of these. Oof. Uh, so there were three number one movies in the in September of 1991. For two weeks, a movie called Dead Again. <laughs> I never even heard of that. <laughs> Nor have I. Uh, for one, or I'm sorry, for two weeks, Freddy's Dead: The Final Nightmare. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, actually, it's probably my least favorite of the <laughs> of the uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets, but yeah. notable. Okay. Yeah. And uh, finally, for one week, The Fisher King. Which was Robin Williams mm. and Jeff Bridges, I believe. Yeah, I never saw that. I I've, I've seen heard, it. Yeah, go ahead. I've heard good things about it uh, from various <laughs> podcasts. Uh, Very well reviewed. Movies, but uh, and it, I feel like it's one of those movies I always catch on, and I've just never watched in completion. Yeah. But I can't pick a favorite. I'm guessing of those since you've only seen Freddy. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would have to pick that by default, but. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, I don't know if it would win out if I watched all those movies. Yeah. Um, for songs, there's a couple songs. Number one in September of 1991, uh, which it's interesting because none of them are Nirvana or REM. Uh, so everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams. Oh, which yeah, is uh, yeah. that line is just like <laughs> boom right in your head. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the Promise of a New Day by Paula Abdul for one week. Hmm. Hmm. Um, Adore Me Amore by Color Me Bad. 
for two weeks. Hmm. I don't, I don't know. And I think I might know that one, but I'm just not absolutely certain. We were pretty young in 1991. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't say we were probably tapped into a bunch of the pop culture. Yeah. Um, and Kevin brought a new element to the show on the last episode review at the Out Real Monsters, which is video games. Oh, and yeah. This was interesting because 1991, there was not a whole ton of releases going on. Hmm. Um, but a couple things happened in the video game world in September of 1991. First, the Super Nintendo uh, changed its official price in September of 1991. <laughs> so you could buy a Super Nintendo, which included Super Mario World, came with it. Yeah. You want to guess how much it would cost? Oof. Super Nintendo plus Super Mario World? Man, I, I have no idea what they started at. 200 is my guess. Okay, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was $199.95. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> um, I guess not a bad deal. Yeah, that's great. I mean, oh, I remember seeing that for the first time in the toy store and just like being blown away <laughs> even compared to the like original nintendo it's just like what is this thing <laughs> yeah even in even in look it looks so sleek and yeah modern and the game oh. you can see the game like you didn't have to <laughs> shove it into the console it just yeah. sticks out <laughs> and suddenly uh suddenly mario's got like details to him you know mm. you can see his eyes yeah. and his nose and mustache and stuff yeah um a couple video game releases that month I, I'm i aware of these games. I never played any of them. Um, there was Rockin' Cats for Nintendo. <laughs> I've never played it, I don't think. Uh, if you look it up, it looks exactly like the gameplay of Mario, just with a cat. <laughs> uh, there was Final Fight for Super Nintendo. Definitely played that. Oh, okay. Um, I don't remember playing it, but I looked it up, and it just looked like kind of a more generic it's Street Fighter. It's not amazing, yeah. 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 And then finally for Super Nintendo, UN Squadron. Mm, which, it's like a flight game. Yeah, you're just flying around shooting stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think I played it. Yeah. Um, so, kind of fun. 1991, I mean, yeah, like we're, we're talking real early. This was back when stuff, when only three video games were coming out a month, practically. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, so that is, uh, that's September of 1991. But, uh... Different times, slower times. Yes. Where a person can really slow down to a walk. <laughs> Classic Twilight Zone line. <laughs> I think every that if when you ask what Twilight Zone line do you know, everybody goes that one. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what what Twilight Zone episode is that? I wanna say walking distance. Okay. Like, yeah. Just a real back in time. Yeah. But that's how this feels now, I feel like It really, yeah. It's uh it's way back there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So shall we talk about what we did on our summer yeah. vacation? Wow. Um, a really perfect episode, I think, for right now, uh, with school starting back and everything. Yeah. It's a very, uh, it's a, such a bittersweet one. Yeah. Boy. It, it has a real vibe about it that feels immediately, I, you, I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even if some of like the stuff happening and it's outrageous, and that's I think you could say that for all of Pete and Pete, it has a vibe. Yeah, that definitely feels real. Definitely. Um, so this is a this is one where Big Pete narrates yep. as as he often does. Yep. And you know this made me suddenly this episode in particular made me think um, because they keep they have uh, clips of Pete Big Pete like 
talking about what's going on in Little Pete's with him. Yeah. Um, but it suddenly made me think, oh, he's tell. It's like he's telling this story of the summer, yes. and maybe this is how things happen through his eyes. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. it starts with Big Pete sitting on the car. And it's interesting because it kind of plays with timeline a little bit, right? Like, right when he introduces it, yeah. Pete and Artie are upset because summer's coming to an yes, end. Yes, yeah. But then, yeah, it changes gears and he, it takes uh, us through the summer. But he he starts out by asking us, How, how do you know, you know the summer is summer? really and truly over? My dad says it's over precisely one second after midnight on September 21st. My friend Ellen says it's over the moment you start thinking about whether buy a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook for school. But for me, the way I know the summer is a goner is when my brother Pete and Artie, the strongest man in the world, go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. Yeah. Great, great, uh, I think, relatable thing as a kid. You're yes. like, wow, I, yeah. I can, I get this right now, right off the bat, you know. And, and if you had to answer that question, Oof. I, I, for you as a kid. Oh, for there's no Besides the obvious it. of just like school starting, that's I mean that's that's really the marker for me. I, anything else was just I was trying to grasp onto summer to the last second, dying seconds of it. You yeah, know? yeah. So that last night, I guess, before oh. school was just such a killer. <laughs> Boy, it it had yeah. It was that day before school starts is. It's its own real distinct thing. Yeah. Uh, just just the feeling you got. Yeah. And, yeah, it's almost like, indescribable. Like, almost let's try to pretend that summer's not really ending. Even though we know tomorrow. Even as you're walking in school, you're like, well, it's not quite over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still haven't quite given in completely. Yeah. Um, but, the, so, great question. Great question right off the bat. Yeah. Um, and Dad says that it's one second after midnight on September 21st, which, <laughs> you know, is good, but school's, you're already in the swing of school. It's a, like, a very adult perspective, yeah. which is you're not thinking about school anymore, so, like, technically summer's over yeah. then. <laughs> the exact real moment. Yeah. Um, Ellen says it's the moment when you start thinking about whether to buy a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook <laughs> for school, um, which yeah. I, I like. Yeah. Um, Buying school materials? Yeah. Yeah, it's over. Uh, yeah. Um, but Big Pete knows it's over when Little Pete and Artie go to the beach and try to beat up the ocean. Oh, man. <sighs> and that, like, stan- that stands out as, even watching it as an adult now, such a brilliant piece of writing yeah. of... I don't, I don't know what it is about it, but it's so unique and comical yeah. <laughs> of watching this kid and his superhero just... Beat the heck out of the water. Yeah, <laughs> kicking I mean, it. They've turned this uh, that fight to keep summer from ending into a real yeah. physical thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's brilliant, and it's so perfect with that it's um, the ocean because it's just like the number one impossible <laughs> thing to stop. You yeah. couldn't possibly do anything about it. Yeah. It's just relentless. Uh, a true foe. Really, just really brilliant. That. Yeah that moment yeah um, and that takes place in like one second before the episode starts yeah. it's just ah oh, it's great um so when we come back though after this uh big pete and little pete are looking at photos from the summer mm-hmm. kind of reminiscing about what happened and the first one they look at and which is big pete's first sign of summer starting is little pete and mort mortensen his friend 
<laughs> riding down the hill on ice blocks. Yeah, amazing. Which, uh, what happened to Mort? You know, he's in one other episode, uh, Nightcrawlers, I think he's in. Oh, I, I okay, saw. okay. Um, but yeah, that was, he's in very few things, we'll come back to that, um, <laughs> but great character. He's yeah. a really... He seemed <laughs> really silly. Yeah. yeah. Distinctive, like, he looks like a perfect friend for little Pete. Yeah. Um, I've never personally ridden um, an ice block, yeah. but I always <laughs> wanted to after this. It, yeah. it looked so fun, and I just didn't know... Especially as a kid, like, how do you go about doing that, setting that up? <laughs> Although, uh, as kids, we still the same essence, which is, like, find the biggest hill or slope you can. And, like, I think for us, there was a street that somewhat sloped. Yeah. And we took skateboards and you just lay on your belly and you just yeah. see how fast you can go. And in retrospect, it's like, what were we doing? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just like the natural thing to do, which is, oh, I want to go fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think it happened once and it, it uh, not to get too far off topic, but it scares me just thinking about my face being that close to the ground. To the concrete. Just a rock yeah. any moment could <laughs> smash it into the... Yeah. Anyway. But that's not what you're thinking. Uh, you know, Pete and... Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. That's no, not what you gotta, yeah, you just gotta have fun. <laughs> I mean. um, so some of the next signs that summer's starting are shadows getting shorter. Electricity gets louder. Killer bees arrive from the Yucatan Peninsula. Of course, the annual border dispute. I'm taking over your turf, Tubby! You'll have to kill me first. <laughs> Between my dad and Mrs. Blotar gets underway. <laughs> a great character name, and I don't think she ever appears again. That yeah, that's one that I don't think ever comes back. Yeah, their their neighbors are fluid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's only a few that really stick. But they they all kind of like stayed in my mind um that's true very memorable even yeah, though they're only in there for a short period of time yeah, you knew some people around the neighborhood mm. um but summer doesn't officially start until mr tasty comes to town and that's it oh that's boy it. one of the all-time most memorable characters in maybe anything yeah very uh, just, iconic <laughs> yeah. yeah the ice cream man yeah and the neighborhood guy as a kid, and we didn't have the ice cream, we didn't have, like, a ice cream guy who came around a lot. Yeah. Like, once in a blue moon, yeah. you might hear it whistling down the street, <laughs> which you were like, you couldn't prepare for yeah. it. But it always felt like a little bit of a letdown, because the ice cream man's never going to be Mr. Tasty. <laughs> no. But, of course, that's the precedent yeah. set by Nickelodeon, that this is what the ice cream man yeah. should look like. He's, like, the, really the idealized ice cream man. You're, you're, ah, that's who you want him to be. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is another great thing that nobody knows who he is or where he comes from. Yeah. I mean, just really nailing it. Real uh, era of mystery. <laughs> I mean, as a kid, especially, like, perfect for this adult, in the adult, as part of the adult world, that you just, it's kind of a mystery. Yeah. You don't really know it, you know? Yeah, but I like at first, I mean, they definitely presented it at first as he's just the ice cream guy, and kids get the ice cream, and they don't care, but. Because I think as a kid, you wouldn't care who that person yeah. is. Of course, the episode does a good job, though, to make them care. Yeah. yeah. And, and they do speculate, like, about who he is and where he might be from. Right. We got a little clip right here. The other thing I should tell you about Mr. Tasty is that no one knows his true identity. Who is he? Some people think he escaped from the state mental hospital at Durango Falls, while others are pretty sure... Cher. 
So but anyway, um, just the just the mystery of Oof. him, yeah. just so good. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, right around here is where we're introduced to Mrs. Vanderveer, <laughs> which is oh my gosh, such a great character. I really wish I get why she didn't yeah. reappear yeah. based on who played her, but. Um, a fascinating character really really um she's she's described as a blind millionaire who lives on their block and refers to mr tasty as leonard leonard uh, let's yeah let's hear a little clip you never understood me leonard you never really understood me <laughs> i mean really uh for for a kid's show it's a very like deep I, character idea, yeah, you know, like fully realized and just, even just through her like weird cryptic lines about him, you yeah. you kind of form an idea in your head about like what could yeah. have happened between <laughs> them, yeah, yeah, um, or is she just purely psychotic? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is a real option. Yeah, yeah. Um, so meanwhile, Ellen is working part time this summer at the Quick Pick, a. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, photo booth. Oh yeah, photo booth. Yeah, photo booth. In the middle of a parking lot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like a giant concrete yeah, parking lot. I didn't lot. even think about its location, but that is very odd. Um, and this is like they say she's working for her uncle Lou. I don't know if he's supposed to own this place or whatever. No, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> he, I don't think he ever comes up again. Um, this must be p- before she was promoted to the Lazarus yeah. <laughs> uh, smoothie stand. <laughs> Actually, that's kind of funny. It's like she works at different, little different places, seasonal places throughout yeah. the town. Yeah. <laughs> um, and while she's working there, this is where she accidentally discovers a pack of Mr. Tasty's mm. photographs. Yeah. Right in this envelope is our one chance to find out Mr. Tasty's true identity. Open it before somebody comes. I can't. Come on. It's totally against the rules. Rules bite. Pete, don't! I mean, do just, you open uh, them? Do you not open them? <laughs> they debate it for about five seconds <laughs> until little Pete just yeah. rips it open. And what they discover is maybe the most shocking thing of all. <laughs> In all of the pictures, Mr. Tasty never takes off his swirly cone head. Yeah, that and he's alone. Oh, of course. Of yeah. course. So the. Uh, aloneness i guess um his loneliness like really resonates with the kids somehow Um, yeah and they decide that they should be his friends if he has no friends you know they like love him and just want him to be happy and they think he's like having a really hard time yeah and i think like just stopping for a second and thinking about a kid's show that like deals with loneliness yeah is uh kind of incredible because i remember as a kid like, if I went out to eat with my family or something and I saw someone sitting alone, I always felt like, I hope they're not lonely. Yeah. And that... um, I felt like it was the first show I'd ever seen where it dealt with kids who went, well, I don't want this person to be, like, they need friends too. Yeah. And, and uh, that's... And really head on. I mean, they don't they yeah. don't really sugarcoat it. Yeah. It's like a, you feel what loneliness feels like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they do a few things to try to work their way into Mr. Tasty's world. Um, Little Pete shows him his his tattoo. We really didn't know what to do. I call this one the shimmy shimmy shake. Mm Mm-hmm. And we really didn't know what to say. So, uh, how fast does this baby go? 
but we tried our best to somehow make friends with the mysterious man behind the plastic mask. So, do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> sure, I got 49 of them. Let's see, there's the boomerang bar, the hydrogen pop, meringue kabang, blue tornado bar, chocolate thunder chunks, yeah, this, lemon Like, just this small, this, like, uh, their version of what is adult small talk <laughs> yeah, yeah. is pretty great. So they finally come to him together and ask him if he, he'll go trout fishing with them. <laughs> Which I can't believe didn't work. Yeah. Um, but this is where they really, like, this is a this is a really great scene where they get into the loneliness. Yeah. And um, it, he kind of separates, tries to separate himself from the kids, as yeah. he would, of course, have to do yeah. in real life. Exactly. I, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, yes, of course you shouldn't go trout fishing <laughs> with these children. Yeah. <laughs> but as a kid, you're like, oh, come on, Mr. Daisy. Yeah, hang and out. he is just a normal guy, you know? Like, he's just a nice guy. It, uh, normal, I don't know, though, because he's wearing his tasty head at, like, the well, Statue of Liberty <laughs> and the Twin Towers, and so... Normal. He, he's normal in the sense that uh, he's just trying to make it work, just yeah. trying to be a figure out yeah. what it is for him. Yeah, you know, trying to yeah. get through. Um, so, in kind of like trying to figure out a way to s- distance himself from them, but you know, it's a difficult situation. Yeah. Uh, but finally, he disappears. Yeah. So the next day, like he doesn't come back. First day of the summer, he's not back, and they start freaking out. Kind yeah. of. Yeah. And then time passes, and a heat wave comes, and he's not there, and the whole neighborhood falls into a blue tornado bar withdrawal. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the, I, oh, man, I, I love this little, like, set of clips here, um, showing them, like, being upset without him, and not, and being, like, really hot looking and sweaty, <laughs> and yeah. it's almost like there's some kind of filter over the camera or something that makes it look, like, really hot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like super bright. Pete and Pete throughout the whole show does a great job of displaying heat when they need yeah. to um, to go back to the call. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, they do a really effective job of what a hot summer day really felt like. Yeah. Um, so, so um, as the kids are trying to figure out what to try to grapple with this <laughs> problem that they <laughs> never uh, saw coming. Which is a real problem. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> is. Um, they start, ta- they start like, discussing amongst themselves what they think happened to Mr. Tasty. And just to wrap back around to our earlier clip, let's hear one. When the heat wave hit Sunday and still no Tasty, the great blue tornado bar panic was officially underway. Out on the street, you'd see all kinds of kids going through blue tornado bar withdrawal. Tasty! Tasty? I'll have two blue tornado bars and a meringue bag for my sister Lucy. While some of us started hallucinating, other people just lost their mind. I didn't mean it, Leonard. Leonard, you were good to me. The summer had turned to crud. About all we ever did was sit around spreading tasty rumors. I heard his truck crashed. I heard his head melted. I heard he remarried Cher. Um, so, another example of, like, Pete and Pete just really being, just the writing. Like, yeah. tying everything back in. Yeah. Every little detail. So good. Um, 
and so all the kids have left now is uh, Mrs. Blotar's hypnotic swaying colossal arm flub. Just stare for hours at the hypnotic swaying motion of Mrs. Blotar's colossal arm flub. Look at that flub go. It's a flesh avalanche. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> I mean, there's so much going on in this episode, even though it's like, it's really dialed in on what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, these little details are just all over the place. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. Yeah. Uh, this is a great, her her arm, like, in the camera, and it's, like, in slow motion, <laughs> shaking that bird seat or whatever. Really great moment. Um, but this is where Artie comes in to save yeah. the day, finally. Yep. Interesting little side thing that happens here. Um, Artie... Uh, gets in a fight with the killer bees <laughs> and finally climbs the uh, water tower yeah. and f- to fight the queen bee. Yeah. But while he's up there, he spots Mr. Tasty on the horizon. Yeah. Did you catch how he describes this? This is one of my favorite. No, I don't think so. He describes it as a flash of white near the curve of the earth. <laughs> Of course, yeah. <laughs> this is an interesting little like side. It's almost like it's a weird little side story, but just for thirty seconds. Or yeah, whatever, you know? and they do that a lot with Artie, where yeah, it feels like the stranger his story, even if it's totally non-related, the better. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it, somehow, like I think some shows did that tried to do this kind of thing, where they like try to shoehorn in a little extra story. Mm-hmm. But it often doesn't quite work. But somehow in this episode, every piece fits together. I don't. Yeah. Pretty unbelievable. Um, so, Ellen at this point from her uh, from the command post at the photo hut uh, pinpoints Mr. Tacy's coordinates to a stretch of interstate in northern <laughs> Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. And this is where the search begins. Yeah. The, the kids decide that it's up to them to find Mr. Tasty. But before we begin that search, let's, uh, shall we hear some 90s Nickelodeon oh, yeah. commercials? Let's visit the land of heavy metal with our most excellent cereal. Pass the gruel! Looks like a gruel duel, dude. Heinous display of manners. We've got a most excellent way to start your day. Or night. Bill and Ted's excellent cereal. Cinnamon oats with marshmallow notes. It's the most triumphant part of this complete breakfast. Awesome cereal duels. Who gets the last bowl? You can't always count on your battery. But you can count on Mork. He's always supercharged. On Mork and Mindy, every weekday in Nickelodeon's Ozone. You can't always count on the weather. But you can count on Hey Dude, where the sun always shines. Every weekday in Nickelodeon's Ozone. Mork and Mindy and Hey Dude, hour one of Nickelodeon's three-hour Ozone. Every weekday starting at 5, 4 Central. Count on it. Hey, I'm Russell and I got Wayne here. What's up? And this new F1 race for Game Boy. Up to four guys can play each other at the same time. Whoa, make a crash! Use the turbo, man. Number three's tossing him. This guy's got his own race. Whoa, right! In his own screen and his very own view of the race. No, 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 he's coming, 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 quick. I don't know what Wayne said was, well, I don't know what he said. Anyway, four player adapter things included. F1 race for Game Boy from Nintendo. Run up your posse and check it out! 
right. Ooh, good ones. Tasty. Just, just <laughs> really solidifying the mood. Yeah. Um, so Ellen starts tracking Mr. Tasty now from right. the command booth um, by taking other people's pictures from apparently around the country. And uh, yeah. and while Pete, the Pete's put up missing posters Yeah. to try to get somebody to call in. Um, and that's a, here's an interesting thing. I mean, I was going to bring it up later, but might as well talk about it now. Um, the missing poster itself. I don't know. Like, on the DVDs, it's uh, blurred out, like, his number. Oh. <laughs> is, but can you see it in the show? You can see it in a couple different spots. Okay. You, you don't know what it is. No, no, I didn't pick it up. It's 1-800-TASTY. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> Which... <laughs> Which is yeah, not enough numbers. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Even if he he spells it with two e's. Yeah, yeah. We're so, we're, we're one we're one short. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. really not sure what why that had to be blurred, but so interesting. Um, and here's another and another uh, little side story comes up here with Pete at the pool. While they're searching for Tasty, P- yeah. little Pete is searching for him, like by standing on the uh, diving board. Yeah, the, the high diving board. Yeah. yeah, and we find out about his rivalry with the, uh, um, the lifeguard. The lifeguard. What's his name? Is Den Cleary, <laughs> which they're great at coming up with names for these really people. Good. I don't yeah. know how Feel they very how real. they do it, but <laughs> not only the name, but who they cast in the part. Yeah, it feels just right. Um. So Pete eventually wears Den down, um, and Den lets him stay up at, <laughs> and keep searching. Yeah. Um, but uh, but unfortunately, the search kind of dries up, and they can't find him. And uh, the next thing we see is the Wrigley family going on vac on a little summer v- trip. Yeah. To Cloghaven Beach. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this happens to be where mom and dad first met, as we find yeah, out. Wow. Wow, <laughs> um, a little Wrigley history. <laughs> while dad was searching for treasure with his um, metal detector. <laughs> yeah. He comes, of course, across <laughs> mom's plate. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great, yeah, yeah that's a great backstory. Oh, which is perfect. Really yeah. Is. Um, but uh, Big Pete gets quickly gets kind of disenchanted and it's just still kind of upset about Mr. Tasty and decides right. to travel the boardwalk, see yeah. if he can find out anything. Yeah. And that's where he meets the famous Captain Scrummy. <laughs> Mr. S- yeah, Captain Scrummy. Uh, can we hear a little bit here? Oh, yeah. I veered toward the boardwalk, hoping I'd find an ice cream man with some answers about Mr. Tasty. What can I get you, son? How about a sludgesicle? You seem like a bona fide sludgesicle man. You don't have any blue tornado bars, do you? Nope. No, I don't. You'll have to talk to Mr. Tasty if it's a blue tornado you're after. Do you know where I can find him? Nope. Heard he got run out of town by a bunch of nosy kids. I heard they just wanted to be his friends. So that's what happened. What do you mean? Tasty knows the rules. Why do you think he wears that plastic head all the time? To keep kids like you from asking too many personal questions. Why? What are you guys so afraid of? Look. Aren't we here on the first hot day of every summer? Aren't we? Don't we carry 49 different flavorific flavors, including pineapple blurt? What else do you want from us? 
Yeah. So that yeah. uh, sludge sickle has stuck in my mind since it, then. Great, yeah. Really <laughs> great. I don't know. There's yeah. a great visual name. <laughs> oh, um, so anyway, he it, Pete, Big Pete, kind of gets turned away by right. Scrummy. Right. He gets. I mean, Scrummy has a great whole. Um, little monologue yeah you you get you definitely get a sense that scrummy knows i mean listen all ice cream men know know each other he knows what's going on with tasty but it's not for the peats to know yeah Yeah. and it's almost like scrummy is like you can almost create a backstory for him in your head where Mm. he's the like disenchanted ice cream man yeah like he's he knows how things go yeah knows how the world works and yeah. this is where he's ended up. Yeah, if anything, this is where Tasty is headed to if if these kids persist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um so finally at the before they leave the beach, Dad discovers something with his metal detector. <laughs> hey! Hey, hey! Hey, we got something 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 here! Something big! Come here! Come on! Come on. <laughs> oh, hey! I think it's like an Oldsmobile, you know, like, like, you know, like a Delta 88 or maybe a, a Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> oh. 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 We all pitched in, and within the hour, we were the proud owners of a 1978 Cutlass Supreme. And, but a car in the sand is just <laughs> amazing, and they did a great job shooting it. That's Oh, I was thinking that while I was watching it, yeah. but this is like one of my favorite moments of anything ever. I love that whole idea, the whole... It's unbeatable, really. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and when they drive off, you see sand falling off, like, even the tires. Like, they yeah. must have spread the sand out all over. Just, yeah, really oh well done. Gosh. Really and well it's, done. It's just such a moment as a kid of, like representing like uh, how you felt kind of like when you were doing these things like yeah. like if you were metal detecting or something just the idea of that hope that something <laughs> yeah. maybe something Giant. great could happen yes. yeah and uh, it does yeah. in this case yeah. you know um so they drive the car home which is great it's very roomy mm-hmm. as they as they say <laughs> um and they the kids get home and the summer is drawing to an end yeah they they feel it coming um and they're kind of giving up on tasty at this point they've they're ripping down the signs yeah um and just but just when they've completely given up hope somebody knocks on the window of the photo booth and it's mr tasty yeah he's back of course he wants his (laughs) he wants his photos yeah he came back to pick up his photos (laughs) Which he's be- apparently been, I don't know, mailing to the photo booth this yeah. whole time. Um, so it, Mr. Tacey's back, but he tells them that he has to go. It's the end of the summer, and there's just no more room for him. We missed you, Mr. Tasty. Please, don't say that. But why is it so terrible? Because every year on this day, the summer ends, and I always have to say goodbye. It's hard enough without having you kiddos missing me. Then don't go. I have to, Pete. I'm an ice cream man. I am what the summer is. Fireflies, thunderstorms, butt sweat on the car seat. And when it all goes, I have to go with it. Couldn't you just stay a little bit longer? Well, I'll tell you what. There's a little daylight left. What do you say you kiddos help me wax the Tastymobile? Didn't you say that was a one-man job? Not anymore. Again, it's like so outside the bounds of 
what a kid show need. There's no obligation for a kid show to be this good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they were, yeah, they were just a little better than <laughs> they had to be. And it really um, creates that, like, it really brings out these feelings, at least for me, that were, like, really kind of um, complex and adult feelings and ideas almost at the time. Like, a kid almost shouldn't, or at least it seemed like the idea at the time was, like, a kid shouldn't face, um, you know, feeling bad about the summer ending. And, yeah. like, it was just like, we should just gloss over this. But he, yeah. he like... Yeah, uh, gives it to you more straight. of a brutal reality of like yeah things have to end things this too shall pass yes, i mean yeah. this you know not this episode deals with loneliness it deals with like the finality of many things yeah um so but for one last little um moment i guess tasty kind of gives in and lets them help him wax the tasty mobile yeah. yeah and they they have a really really wonderful um, like a little montage here of them having fun wash or waxing and washing them the yeah truck yeah um, and all together with Mr. Tasty right. right it's just a great time yeah what what better way to end the summer yeah and yeah. you see the you kind of get the idea that the sun's like going down at this point right. and they oh man and, it's and they get one picture with Mr. Tasty they they ask yeah. you know can we can we get a picture. <laughs> And he puts it up uh, right where he can see it inside the truck. Yeah. Man. Um, I don't know. This ending is just so perfect yep. to me. It's yeah. unbelievable. Shot really. beautifully. Yeah. Like uh, uh, that shot of the rear view mirror. I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> uh, so good. The Yeah. Mr. It's like your Mr. Ta- from Mr. Tacey's perspective looking at the kids driving mm. away. Yep. They're waving. Oh, man. Yeah. And it's like distorted, kind of, because it's yeah, in the mirror. Yeah. And oh my gosh! And Pete, Big Pete, has a really great um, ending line. I guess we better just listen. No one knows who he is or where he comes from, and probably no one ever will. I guess some things are supposed to stay a mystery. All we know is that he's more than just an ice cream man. We're more than just his customers. When it comes to people missing you. It's really not that terrible at all. Folks, it doesn't get much better than that. <laughs> really, really. I, uh, this episode just... Um, I, I don't even know what to, to, how to sum up my feelings about yeah. it. It's like just a very strong like emotional episode. Yeah, it does many things. It does many, many things. It addresses many different, you know things going on in kids lives but it does all of them perfectly yeah uh it doesn't it you know it doesn't it, skimp and as always pete and pete um doesn't try to water down the point yeah um and just give it to kids straight and i yeah. love that and yeah. it's still relatable now like watching this not today right. i felt you know as emotional about it as i did <laughs> back then yeah yeah it was really well done all right, so that is uh, what we did on our summer vacation. Um, so let's let's move along. Okay. Hi, this is bios, trivia, ratings, and stray observations. All right, 
So as always, we'll start with bios. Yeah, a lot of lot of good uh, characters in this one. Um, start off with Mort Mortensen. Uh, great, just a <laughs> solid friend character. I loved it. Uh, he's played by Carlton Beaner, and he didn't didn't do much, but he was on the Cosby Show oh, right okay. around the same time. Okay. Um, let's see, uh, Mrs. Van De- Miss Vandeveer. Yeah. Um, big two big cameos in this yeah, episode. Yeah, incredible. Uh, Kate Pearson mm-hmm. of B 52s fame. Yep. Um, she was also in the Flintstones movie. <laughs> Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and, as well as Flight of the Concords and Portlandia. Oh, yeah. I didn't know about Flight of the... I guess I didn't realize Flight of the Concords, but yeah, I, I remember her from Portlandia. And she hasn't been in that much uh, yeah. acting-wise. But like we said, she was really perfect in the role. Yeah, she really was. Yeah. Uh, nailed it. She's got those acting chops. <laughs> um, we also have Captain Scrummy. Mm. Another another big name. Yes. Uh, Michael Stipe, of course, of REM. Yep. Uh, he hasn't been in much either. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to mention earlier, though, was that um, Kate Pearson apparently was in the Happy Shiny People video. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good collaboration. Yeah, yeah a lot going wonder, on here. A lot going on here. <laughs> wonder what happened there. Yeah. Uh, but he is surprisingly very good as uh, Captain Scrummy. Oh my gosh, he's um, so good. Yeah, I, I was thinking about his performance during that, like how um, I kind of expected him to be a little stilted or something. Yeah, and it's almost—he almost was a little, but in the perfect way. Yes, that, because his character is supposed to be kind of burnt out. Yeah, and like he felt it, and <laughs> uh, yeah, he was full. seemed really crusty or something. Yeah. And, but what's so funny is that they got these heavy hitters, REM, B-52s, but no kid on earth is going <laughs> to... It's not as if a kid's watching it and appreciates that. Yeah. They're not going to know. So it's just like these... You would just assume the people making the show were very cool, and they knew yeah. very cool people. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, in retrospect, we get to enjoy it now, but at the time, I wasn't going, wow, Michael yeah, Stipe, yeah. I love shiny, heavy people. Yeah. And it's very weird because it's such an early episode that uh, it's not like the show was taking off, you know, and yeah. everyone loved it, so they're like, we want to be on this. It yeah, was yeah. just... No, it was just... Yeah. Somehow worked out. Just a project, yeah. Um, so the last person w- that I had was uh, Dan Cleary, which who uh, like yeah. doesn't show up in any other episode. Yeah, the um, lifeguard. Yeah. His name in real life is Dave Bannock, mm-hmm. and he only has three total acting credits to oh, his name. Okay. Beep, beep being one, and the other notable one, Dude, Where's My Car? Wow. <laughs> uh, is he just like a background person? No, or? he is. I don't know if you remember this. He's one of the like model type guys at uh-huh. the end. It's like an alien from another planet. He, in the facility? Um, he He's... They're like out. They, I think they have sunglasses on. It's like him and another guy. Yeah. And they're just like uh, German or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I do recall <laughs> this. Uh, not, not. They're like the good guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end. Okay. But so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the last thing he made? Um, yes. It, okay. I think it was like two thousand one. Okay. All right. Wow. Uh, those are uh, very interesting. Okay, as always, I got the production side of things. The director of this episode is uh, Catherine Diekman. Uh, who directed eight episodes of Pete and Pete. I'll list them off here real fast. She directed X equals Y, hmm. uh, Time Tunnel, The Nightcrawlers, Day of the Dot, 
Apocalypse Pete, Space Geeks, and Johnny Unitas, oh. what we did on our summer vacation, and Valentine's Day Massacre. Um, and she is the most used director on the show. So. a lot of good ones in there. Yeah. Uh, she's done a few other things. Uh, she did a movie in 2008, I believe. It was called Motherhood with Uma Thurman. Hmm. It didn't have very good reviews, but... Um, yeah, that came out. She did another one called Diggers in 2006, which has a lot of really funny people in it. Uh, Paul Rudd, Ken Marino, hmm. um, but I just never, I don't recall it yeah. at all. And then she released one last year, which again, I did not hear anything about. It was called Strange Weather. Um, mm-hmm. So she's still directing, it's just, I don't really know a lot of the material. But definitely her claim to fame, if you look her up, is uh, she's a music video director, and she was mainly a music di- di- video director for... REM. Oh, uh, so huh. that, I'm assuming this is how they got Michael Stipe yeah. because she was the one that directed the shiny happy people <laughs> oh, video. Oh man, <laughs> uh, that was her big claim to fame. So she directed shiny happy people. She also directed the REM video Stand. Um, so wow, probably zero Great video. Yeah, Great video. but I'm guaranteed that's how they got <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah. to be on the show, um, and possibly um, uh, Kate Pearson. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, Catherine Deakin. Incredible. Yeah, and the writer was uh, a guy who is kind of a legend at Nickelodeon, and the co-creator of Pete and Pete, Will McRobb. Uh. Um, so Will McRobb is—he's the, like I said, co-creator of Pete and Pete. Uh, he wrote twelve episodes of Pete and Pete, including this one. Uh, a few others that he wrote that kind of stood out to me was he wrote both part, parts of Farewell My mm-hmm. Viking. Hard Days Pete, Range Boy, and King of the Road. Wow. Um, so he did some good ones. Yeah. But he's he's a busy dude on Nickelodeon. Uh, you could tell this must have been the guy they trusted yeah. to come in and like make sure shows were functioning. <laughs> um, so some of his other credits, he was a story editor on 39 Doug episodes. He was a story editor on 13 Rocco episodes. He's the story editor on 32 Run and Stimpy episodes <laughs> and the writer of 10, 10 episodes of Run and Stimpy. Um... He's the co-creator of Kablam and wrote one of them. Uh, he wrote the movie Snow Day. He wrote the screenplay for the relaunched Elvin and, and the Chipmunks franchise. Mm. And he is uh, more modern. He has uh, written 16 episodes of Sanjay and Craig. Um, so he's a... Uh, really impressive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, pretty much had his hands in everything good happening yeah. in Nickelodeon <laughs> in the 90s. Um, so... That's a, that's a little of the bios. Let's move on to trivia. Uh, so just a little trivia I saw or, or saw online. Um, it says, although the identity of the character himself is never revealed, the actor inside Mr. Tasty Suit oh. is Toby Huss, yeah. who of course plays Artie. <laughs> so Artie had, Toby had double roles in the episode, yeah. both Tasty and Artie. Uh just noting there are a bunch of great music in the episode. Mm. Uh, we hear Polaris, of course, which is the Pete and Pete's ho- Pete and Pete house band. Uh, magnetic fields show up in the episode. Circuit Diagram, um, who uh, this song um, shows up all over the place. I'll play it here. So uh, Circuit Diagram is like, I, I feel like they're integral to Pete and Pete. And there's also another band called Poi Dog Pondering, um, which they use in the episode. Um, A couple things to add to that. Yeah. Um, just 
to note the player songs that I noticed at least mm-hmm. were everywhere, and she is staggering. Yeah. Um, and that like toward the end of the episode, it's like they got ju- down to just the whistling in that, and it really is perfect for that moment that yeah. final moment that like solitary whistle sound yes. oh my yeah gosh. it really good i agree um and there's also a song by the garth gothic archies oh yeah your long white fingers Ooh, which yeah. is a i think shows up a lot yeah that's a, the episodes yes really good one uh cool uh so stray observations okay Whew. there's uh, a ton <laughs> <laughs> i'll give you a couple and then we'll we, uh, yeah uh, at the beginning, I noticed uh, Artie's swimsuit. I don't know if you took note of I, that, but I, it's like no. it's like a, just a swimsuit version of his normal getup. <laughs> okay, so just kind of made me laugh. Yeah. Um, Big Pete introduces himself and Little Pete at the beginning of the episode. Oh, okay. Which I guess would make sense for the specials. Yeah, it's not very a early. One. Yeah. yeah. Um, a couple other recognizable neighborhood kids. Uh, that don't have any line, or one of them talks, but uh, we see them later as Clem and Natasha. Oh, okay. They yeah. show up later. I think all the other kids in the episode were, besides Mort, um, were uh, just like background characters that we don't see again. Right. But, yeah. Uh, did you notice? Did you notice uh, what tattoo Pete had on his had on his back? And to my knowledge, we never see again. Huh. No. Uh, you see it when he's on the diving board. Uh, Pete on his back has a giant tattoo of a ship, just like a almost like a pirate-looking ship. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. I didn't notice. That. <laughs> um, let's see what else. Uh, did you notice at the beginning of the episode? Of course, the famous license plate of the dad from King of the Road. Uh, it's not in the episode. Uh, of course, in that episode, it's King of Road. Yeah. Um, did you happen to see what the uh, license plate on this car was? No. Yeah, nothing nothing yeah. memorable. It was KZR158, but yeah. I just thought it was funny that, uh, I don't know, the car sitting in the driveway. <laughs> yeah. Not the license plate yeah. we know. That's another thing. They're sitting, I guess they're sitting on the car that they right. dig up. That they would have found at the beach, right? Yeah. Which matches pretty much the car you see throughout the series. Yeah. Like a station wagon type yeah. thing, yeah. Really great. Uh, did you take note of what Little Pete is doing underwater when uh, they do a little flashback at, of Den yelling at him? Uh, is he eating a che- like a burger? He's eating a cheeseburger, uh-huh. and in his other hand, he seems to have like a miniature briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you? Let's see. Um, take note of like the jumps that Pete took each day to wear down Dunclear? I mean, I remember Cannonball. <laughs> uh, no, what else? Yeah. No, I, I didn't. I mean, not the number of jumps. Oh, I got the number. Oh, okay. 269. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that's <laughs> the exact number it took to defeat Dunclear. Yeah, the, the breaking point. <laughs> uh, did you did you note the options for things you could get at the Tasty Truck? Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. what do you got? I have Boomerang Bar. Hydrogen bar, meringue kabang, blue tornado bar, chocolate thunder chunks, lemon licky nubs, orange splurdo sticks, blueberry blowtorch, and then the final ones were just from uh, uh, Captain Scrummy. Yeah, 
they, those were the sludge sickle and pineapple blurt. <laughs> yeah, pineapple blurt. That one. Yeah, very good. Yeah, very really good. great. Great names. I mean, yeah, ten of those just. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where does Ellen have to go to the bathroom when she's working at the Quick Picks booth? Hmm. I don't know. It's a little bit of a trick question. <laughs> she can't. Oh, There's well, no bathroom, yeah. so she just has to hold it the whole time. Of course. <laughs> um, okay, did you catch how many photos Pete and Pete were looking at mm-hmm. to, that documented their whole summer? Mm, no. 653. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is a lot of photos yeah. for the summer. Yeah. Um, Let's see. What about uh, Mort? What does he What does he do? Do you remember to give himself try to give himself an edge in the race? Didn't catch oh, it. Oh man, he he shaves off all of his body hair to cut down <laughs> on wind resistance. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to catch how many flavors total there are available. Uh, outside of what you named, no. I mean, a number? I yeah. Didn't, no. No, 49 total flavors. Oh, yeah. I did. I, <laughs> yeah, I remember hearing that. Yeah. Uh, what does Pete use to catch trout? Dynamite. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, what, uh, so Pete mentions there's a plan F at the pool, <laughs> Uh, in order to get the lifeguard to give up. Do you remember what Plan F is? Uh, it seems to be just they both run and jump off the diving board. Yeah. Just, yeah. It was, it's funny that you mentioned that. That was a, like, a weird line there that like sounded like it, it was dubbed in later just to, I don't know what the deal was. Yeah. Um, what does Mr. Tasty wish the flame on the Statue of Liberty was? Oh, a uh, blue tornado bar. Give me a break. Such a great (laughs) image. Yeah. Yeah. All right. A little... I think my toughest. Oof. Okay. Okay. When they get to the beach, there's rules and regulations at the beach. There's a sign saying what they can and cannot do. (laughs) Did you catch which the rules are? I didn't. uh... (laughs) All right. Uh, The rules are no glass allowed on the beach, no ball playing on the beach, (laughs) no dogs on Hmm. the beach. Uh, no unlawful undressing, no alcoholic beverages. You must place all aluminum cans in a proper trash facility. Hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I don't even. Was that on a sign or something? Right when they get to Clog Haven, there's a sign. Hmm. Yeah, it has all the rules. It's real fast. I totally missed that. Um, but I do have one more thing. Okay. Um, did you, you might have caught this, it's pretty clear, uh, dad's whole, what dad was doing when he met their mother? Besides, uh, Besides metal, metal detecting? Detector? Yeah. Uh, like what his situation was as a person? Uh, not, not, not fresh off the top of my head. He was 22. Uh-huh. Fresh out of the army. Broke and out of his mind. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Anything else? I, those are all the ones I had. Yeah, that that, that was it for me. Cool. Uh, so finally, ratings. Quick recap. Um, IMDb has this at a 9.1, which is the highest rated episode if you consider it part wow. of the first season. Oh. Um, not the highest rated episode of the series, though. Yeah. Um, TV.com had it at an 8.9 out of 10. Um, so what is your Krebs score for... 
For me, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. It's a five out of five. Perfect Krebstar score. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I, 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 you know, I, we've said a lot of it, maybe all of it, but there's something about this episode that captures that part of Pete and Pete that kind of, like, transcends the medium that they're working in and, like, uh, what's the word? Like, impresses itself upon you yes. as a person. Yeah. Um, just really relatable episode, um, and does kind of make, has made me feel and think about things more than probably any other kids show yeah. ever. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I don't, I can't say for sure, but this might be the same time, first time we have the same score. Oh, so I, I've, I've, <laughs> I think it is. And this is also my first five. So, oh. um, I'm giving it a five out of five. Uh, I, I considered being real tough and giving it a 4.5, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm like, why? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. It, uh, it's, it's one of the best episodes of the series. Um, and it's, I think for all the reasons we talked about the fact that it's willing to tackle these things that maybe seemed too adult for kids, but really isn't. It's like stuff kids deal with loneliness and facing the finality of things, uh, it's a, I think like what you said, more than maybe any show on Nickelodeon in the 90s, it impressed itself, like yeah. I feel like it's part of my DNA makeup, yeah. that um, my worldview is not to be too like melodramatic, but <laughs> part of my worldview is I think made up through like how much I felt I related to the show and of course like comedically there's a lot of spectrum for kids like there's really broad and dumb and then there's like i think pete and pete which yeah, is yeah. the other end of the spectrum <laughs> yeah. which is very niche and very uh if it's not for you it's not for you yeah um and it just felt like this episode had a little of everything you mentioned like even the side story with Artie and the bee <laughs> goes up to the water tower uh then you have the side story at the pool they're finding a car in the beach and it all works within the episode. Yeah. It's just a perfectly crafted episode. Yeah. Yeah. It fits together, like, just so tightly. It's yep. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, there's there's nothing. And that's, I think, what pushed me towards a five. I'm like, I don't think there's anything I'd take out that would make it better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and it gets that uh, kind of sadness of reality of like yeah. things coming to of good things coming to an end yeah. but it still has that like touch of hope yeah. in there all the time absolutely yeah so uh, a pretty really unbeatable yeah it's a beautiful yeah uh, it's a it's a it's a beaut <laughs> uh but we'd also like to get chris's thoughts on uh, the episode and i'm sure yeah. all of you would as well <laughs> uh so that means it's a time for an all-new segment of call that Uh, so we've been talking uh, what we did on our summer vacation, and I think we're both uh, thrilled to hear your take on it. Oh, great, yeah. Well, I'm thrilled to give it, as <laughs> per usual. Well, let's hear it. Let's have it. <laughs> so, any, any, any 
<laughs> well, we've, uh, we've been talking. So, well, you know, I happen to have watched that episode today. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. So I've got, it's fresh on my mind. Nice. That's that's the, so, just the uh, way we want it. One thing I was kind of wanting to entertain myself with is trying to guess what you guys would uh, describe or what you guys would tell or ask each other in the trivia and stray observations. I don't know if you've done that yet. Yeah, Oof. we yeah we've done that. Yeah. There's a lot. So, so yeah, there's so many things in this episode. So I just kind of want to guess some of the things that you guys said. <laughs> Can I try that? Yeah, yeah. Um, the book Ellen was reading at Oof. uh in the beginning uh at the photo booth. No, we I have didn't no do idea. that one. Yeah. Do you want to know it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Stephen Hawking: A Brief History of Time. Wow, <laughs> that's great. That's really yeah. interesting. No- notable title. Yeah. Um, uh, what were what was the top number of jumps that Little Pete took or uh, jumped off the diving board in uh, in a in a single day to upset Mister Den Cleary? <laughs> Uh, we did have this. It was two sixty nine. Nine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I knew. I knew <laughs> that you guys would have that one. I feel pretty good about we're, guessing that one. That's pretty scary. We're we're sucker for numbers. Yeah. Uh, where where did uh, the the uh, the Wrigleys go on their honeymoon? Uh, Clog Haven. No, oh. they met at Clog Haven. Oh. Hmm. And I don't know. Yeah, we may have missed it. They they went to the Hoover Dam. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, great call. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Nice catch. Interesting. There's <laughs> lots of good words and names in this uh Yeah, there really episode. are. Yeah, we, we talked about like how good they are at naming characters and how well the actors fit with those names. Oh yeah, Den Cleary is <laughs> so good. I love and uh, this is Botard with the with the arms. Yeah, yeah, the arm flap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and Splankton wasn't that the name of the pool? Oh, oh man, I think we may have missed that yeah. one too. Jeez. <laughs> um. Okay. So last question is: What was the car that they unearthed? Uh, that was a 1978 Cutlass Supreme. <laughs> You bet. You bet. <laughs> With a radio. Oh, and windows. Yeah. We yeah, spacious, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and uh my, my one bit of trivia is that uh when Big Pete is narrating and Ellen's trying to figure out um where Mr. Tasty's gonna be, uh he says that she does a series of trigonomic calculations. <laughs> uh trigonomic is not a word. It's trigonometric. <laughs> Man, all right. Um, well, you'll have to you'll have to and, tweet at Will McRobb. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I will. I will tweet at Will McRobb <laughs> one of these days. That sloppy writing. Uh, also, just a, a side note. I've been. I don't know. You know how like you hear or you start thinking about like a TV show or something, and you kind of like pick up some vocabulary in that. Yeah. I've been really trying to. Uh, to make excellente work, <laughs> it, it does, it's really awkward, but I think that 
I'm going to stick with it. Yeah. But in this episode, Little Pete says Bafo, and I really uh, like that too. Yeah, that's a good that one too. Great. Yeah. Bafo. Yeah, stick with Excelente. Uh, Don't give up on it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with uh, stick with Excelente. You got to commit to it, though. You know. You can't yeah. Say excelente. You got to say Excelente. Yeah, you really got to. Yeah, yeah you got to put a little sauce on it. Uh, okay, so those are those are my the things that I just you know had to talk about. Cool. Um. So as for the episode itself, I, you know it's great. <laughs> um, I, I I maintain the theory that I had as a kid, though, that, like, what if Mr. Casey is just, like, a pedophile and, like, he can't reveal himself to the children? Well, you know, that has occurred to me in the back of my mind, but I think they try really hard to make that not the case in the show. Um, like, every time... Yeah. I think their interactions are, like, really kind of genuine feeling and, like, uh, believable. Yeah. It never occurred to me for a second. so, like, intense that it just seems bigger than just this, you know, holding to the code of the ice cream guy. But it's really the kids who, like, want to be friends with him, and he's the one trying to, like, distance himself. Yeah, because he's a pedophile and he's court ordered to. You know, <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> I don't like it, but I can. I'll accept <laughs> I that. Mean, well, I mean, I think that this is further cemented by. There's a dude. I don't know if you remember this guy, Joey. Uh, maybe you know where I'm going. That we went to college with. Yeah, yeah, uh, I know exactly. Who's also an ice cream man. <laughs> yep. Who, who like never told anyone his real name. Yeah, very unsavory. Uh, <laughs> very, very strange dude. Very strange dude. Yeah, so, um, so, like definitely off kilter. And yeah, and and like was definitely way older than us. He was definitely in his like mid thirties, yeah. hanging out at college parties. Yeah. Uh, and he seemed very much like Mr. Tasty, totally above board, like very uh. friendly, uh, did not seem creepy necessarily in any way, like almost like weirdly like nice. Um, but but still a little yeah, off. There's but there's something off about him, and I, I mean, I've done some investigating, and I don't want to, you know, get too far into this, but I think that there's, there's something to this. Something <laughs> to this. Okay. Um, well, I don't think that condemns Mr. Tasty, but all right. And to Mr. It does not. Even I, if Mr. But I just want to. Even if Mr. Tasty. I think there's some ambiguity. Yeah, I, I agree with that, but I think the episode does go out to kind of show like he doesn't have an interest in like hanging out with these kids, mm-hmm. and uh, and and Captain well, and Captain Scrummy makes that clear that like you know you kids actually need to like they know, lay off. They know their place. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean that that guy seems like a real stand-up guy you want to take advice from. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll take I mean, advice from Michael Stipe. <laughs> I'd take advice from Michael Stipe any day of the week. Yeah, I know. Well, he, he, he killed it. He killed that role. For he, sure. did. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, but, you know, as a, as a postmodern viewer, uh, I reserve the right to distance <laughs> the text from its authorial intention. You do. You know? Okay. Yeah. I'm just reading the text as text, bringing, <laughs> bringing to it, uh, and it, 
and also an astute reader and a highly educated astute reader, I, I hold my uh, right to think that Mr. <laughs> from the show P and P might be a pedophile. <laughs> All right. All right, you're on record. <laughs> okay, so I'll I'll, uh, I'll cut to the chase. I know all you really want, all you're really asking for is for me to give you a, a simple number. Well, well, no, no, no. well, you could give us a number, but we want to know the reasoning yeah. and the uh, insight. Okay, so I've been I've been thinking about this one. Oh. Ultimately, I am going to give this episode four crap stars. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, just, just, just so you know, we both Andrew and I gave it a five. It's uh, the first time that's happened. I, I totally anticipated that, and I really thought about it. I mean, because our Pete and Pete discussion last time got so heated about you know <laughs> it not being a five. For Joey and like what counts as you know a truly classic Pete and Pete episode so I was pretty much just thinking about the successes of this episode to me versus the successes of um, what's that other one the 4th of July one what's it called uh, Grounded for Life Grounded for Life okay so ultimately in my opinion um, they're both really good um, and like a good episode of Pete and Pete is better than anything else on Nickelodeon to me. But, um, this one was so surreal and strange, um, that, like, while at the end I felt, like, kind of touched because they kind of, you know, try and make it sentimental, it was only sentimental to me in the sort of strange way if I continued to believe in this sort of, like, strange universe in which, you know, the ice cream man is actually this really important figure in childhood and has and I can believe this story but the thing about Grounded for Life or whatever you just said to call that episode to me is like I didn't it was absurd but then I didn't even have to suspend my disbelief by the end because I genuinely felt patriotic like (laughs) there was something about that episode that like it wasn't even funny or like cool in like a weird universe kind of way like I like it cut through that for me and like just made me feel really good. Yeah. Whereas this one, I still had to like sort of be invested in the world of the episode. I hear what you're saying, but I think, and I think what both episodes do really well is they like they hit on what feel like monumental moments for kids. So whether that's like fireworks in the Fourth of July and feeling like this patriotism, I think in this episode it hits on like that 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 realization that something is coming to an end, whether it's summer or a relationship you thought you had. Uh, I think it, I, I didn't feel artificial to me. It felt like very earned that they had tried to build this thing with this guy who they thought was lonely and they thought was their friend, uh, realizing that like, they just can't be in like the summer ending. Uh, so must this, (laughs) you know, fake in their minds, this relationship. You're you're telling me this didn't totally. this didn't bring up um, any lingering feelings about that period <laughs> of time, like going back to school and summer ending. I mean, there are definitely moments where it did, but I think another way of putting it is like the plot for this episode is also like a very conventional, um, like at its basic structural, like 
backbone is a really, um, I feel like, in the handbook of kids' TV show plots, you know, that you, like, think that about, like, relationships between people. I feel like there's a lot of examples of this, like, oh, I thought I was, like, we didn't, I didn't understand this person, and I was looking for them to be this person, but they're actually this person, and I wasn't, I was too busy wanting them to be what I wanted them to be to not let them be who they wanted to be. Um, well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a classic. It's awesome, and they do a really good job of that. But, like, I still, there are moments in the episode where I was reminded that this was an episode made for kids in a way that, like, in, that, like, alienated me for, like, seconds. Yeah. Just mm. seconds at a time. I, I mean, we're talking about, like, tiny parts. I can, I can actually, I think I know exactly what you're talking about, and I think this is more a symptom of the specials, where I think they were making, because it wasn't originally part of the seasons, the, 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 this episode was a, a special, and I think maybe part of that was like, they were, you know, uh, aspiring to become a series show, and so I think they still understood, like, maybe they had to throw in those, like, moments that seem more like Kitty, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I I, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I can relate to what you're saying about the episode, that there are some, like, moments that feel a little different than the rest of the series, and I think it could be attributed to the fact that it was one of us, one of the specials. Hmm. Because I, I think Valentine's Day Massacre does that a little bit, too, where it's like, it feels like Pete and Pete, but it also feels like more of a special... So, I don't know. Man, this is where... There's no doubt that there's... There's no way that there's any better insight on the adventures of Pete and Pete in the whole podcast universe. You're getting it. You're getting it right here. <laughs> it's it's starting and it's starting ends here. I mean, I think that that's genuinely true. Even as meaningless as that is, it you know it feels good to be part of the the, the best. Yeah, the pan- of, of something. Yeah. However, uh, minute. Oh man. Yeah, I, no, that's totally that's a totally good point. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that the thing that I almost wanted to give it four and a half uh, on was just the those sort of like names and like <laughs> um, just like funny words in the in the episode. There's there. I mean, some of my favorite things like uh, when they're like tracking where Mister Casey's going. And little piece like Tacoma, of course. <laughs> just figure it out. Uh, like there's some logic to the rat, and also like uh, the dad's, uh, who I always forget his name. Uh, Don. His, Don. Don. That, that he thought that they were gonna find Spanish doubloons. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just like totally thoughtful, random. Could have said anything else. Uh, like. I don't know. I love that stuff. And this is yeah. an episode that really did a good job with just the, the weird kind of phrases and words and names in it. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Agreed. Does, does Den Cleary appear in any other episodes? He does not. He does not. Uh, oh, An- man. That's such a good name. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew does uh, point out that the actor did appear in Dude, Where's My Car? Oh. <laughs> I was interested... And the the um, Pete's friend Mort Mortensen. Oh, Mort. Sorry, <laughs> Mort. Yeah. He, yeah, Mort Mort Mortensen. Yeah, he um, he wasn't in much, but he was on the Cosby Show like right around this time. Yeah, yeah, and and so he 
also changed his name, so it's uh, it's kind of hard to track him down. And he's not credited on this episode, which is weird because he's in this episode more than he's in. I feel like a lot of the uh, he's in like you know four episodes or something. I feel like he's in this episode quite a bit. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I, he does have a couple prominent scenes in this. Um. Mm. And Nightcrawlers is the other one that I remember him from. Um. I didn't. I didn't know yeah. if he was in more than those though. So. Yeah, so he's credited on those. So I saw which ones on IMDb he's credited on, but he wasn't credited on this one. Hmm. And I, it turns out, I don't know if you guys know this, but the name, Mort Mortensen is also a crazy name, but it's also the name of like a real and famous person. No. I, who is it? There's like <laughs> some like big, super rich CEO. He's like, you know, in the <laughs> top whatever. Like, uh. you, you know, he's like in the top 100 richest people in America. And his name... <laughs> Would he have been in the nineties? Is could this be on? Could this be purposeful? That's what I was trying to figure out, but I had to actually do real work, so I stopped. <laughs> stopped my search. Oh boy, real That's work. Uh, is no, there... I'm in the parking lot of the grocery store. I've got to. I've got to get my cats some cat food. Priorities. Yeah. Pete and Pete and Pete and Pete and cat food. I'm good. This is real world stuff. You're yeah, the cat food's not for me. <laughs> All American guy. Yeah, uh, I got a haircut today too. Jeez. Wow. It's a busy I'm American, day. I'm real American today. Yeah. Well, any other lingering thoughts? Uh, you know, I'm sure there are, but uh, I'll uh. I, I guess I'll leave you with. Uh, oh, uh, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you guys, do you guys have plans for the eclipse? No. Well, I'll be I'll be working. Um, are you guys Are you gonna do stuff? Is like, it visible? The day, are you gonna take some time out uh, to yeah. to check out the eclipse? Uh, I will. So I'll be I'll I'll I've I've already looked ahead to see if i'll have the time at work to get uh outside and i will hmm. so i i will probably uh where where we're at it won't be a total eclipse it'll it'll mm. still be pretty good <laughs> it'll be good yeah. i don't think it'll be worth it yeah, yeah. uh this conversation on a big adventure you are um, yeah i'm gonna go to the the chattahoochee national forest in north carolina i'm flying to atlanta on saturday Oh and yeah, flying back Monday night after the eclipse. So I've heard, yeah, I've heard the excited and also feel like I, I just spent a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> for one and a half. Better be a good one and a half minutes. Well, this will be the only one for your life, I gather. Yeah, for a I mean, long time. I know yeah. that, that that's what ultimately kind of kind of swayed it. I'm, yeah. I'm really hoping that some weird nature stuff happens. You know that like. You know, all of a sudden birds start dropping to the ground. Or, Birdemic. Uh, you know, uh, bears start killing each other, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I, yeah I've heard the Carolinas are going to be banging. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it'll be banging. Yeah. Guys, I'm, I'm looking. I, I basically just wanted to tell you that. Bafo. Bafo. Um, Bafo. Bafo, indeed. <laughs> well, we're flat broke, but... Hey, we do it in style, you know what I mean? Oh, man, <laughs> dropping that new Radicals. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure this conversation will age well, and... Uh, <laughs> it was, and, uh, it was, yeah, by the time this airs, yeah, the ec- uh, eclipse will be the next day, so... Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, so 
we're getting people pumped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Get your get your eclipse glasses on and <laughs> listen to some big orange don't couch. Don't do it. It seems like it'd be fine, but just don't do it. All right. All right, man. All right. Well, thanks for calling. Yeah, great to hear from you. All right, good, good talking to you guys. I I, uh, I missed uh, being involved. By the way, I thought Kevin killed it. So shout out to Kevin. I thought he did a, a great job. Awesome. Yeah, couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah. All right. Well, All en- right. enjoy that. Uh, enjoy that uh, eclipse. Yeah. All right. We'll do. Enjoy uh, that eclipse. All right, okay. We will. Great. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. See Bye. you guys. All right. So that was everybody's favorite big orange couch <laughs> guest uh chris although he's been giving rave reviews to kevin's performances yeah, yeah. <laughs> um yeah so good to hear from him yeah as always yeah so what uh what are we doing next week uh next week we're gonna talk about a difficult subject i yeah. think yeah it's gonna be professor vink versus um mr sardo miss uh, he doesn't like being called Sardo. Mr. Oh, Just yeah, that's Sardo. right. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> I'm yeah. already screwing up. All right, but yeah, we're going to debate those two characters. Who's the... Two giants of Are You Afraid of the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who is the superior one on yeah. many different fronts? Yeah, basically, who's the better reoccurring character yeah. on Are You Afraid yeah. of the Dark? Uh, so get your... Uh, if you got arguments to send us, oh, Vink, yeah. Vink versus Sardo, set up your... You know, which camp are you in, people? <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to take a side. Um, so that'll be a fun one. Um, in the meantime, if you want to get a hold of us, we're on Twitter at BOC Podcast, as in Big Orange Couch. We are also uh, on Instagram now at Orange Couch Podcast. Thanks for following if you have. Uh, we are on uh, Facebook, and we are up to 14 followers. Wow. Oh, oh, we should have. Ah, we forgot to thank Chris. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And, uh, of course, you can email us at orangecouchpodcast at gmail, and you can listen to us on Podbean and iTunes, and you can listen, uh, you, uh, if you're so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes, that's really helpful. Um, big shout out to, uh, our newest reviewer on iTunes, uh, Galosi, who also sent us questions last week on the listener topics, but he had some really kind thoughts, so, um... It's it's really helpful. It's appreciated. Uh, you know, I think it helps both of us. And yeah. Like, you know, people are listening. For sure. Yeah, yeah that's nice. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. All right. Get your Vink and Sardo hats on. <laughs> Next week's going to be a good one. Yeah. Until then. Why did it happen to me?